Welcome to another episode of Awkwardly Cool. Glad you could join us on this Saturday, right before the start of the playoffs, hopefully. And just came off of watching the Warriors versus Grizzlies game. The Warriors were home, came off a tough loss against the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, you thought they were going to be down. I mean, they were down by as much as 13 points in the first quarter, but they were able to catch back up. But Ja Morant played excellent down the stretch. Uh, Xavier Tillman, Grayson Allen knocked down big shots. And in overtime, the Grizzlies were able to pull it out. Ja Morant had 35 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Amazing performance by Steph Curry, by the way. Uh, who scored 39 points, but it just wasn't enough. And shouts out to the Grizzlies, because I, like many other people, were picking the Warriors to win and wondering what a Warriors versus Jazz matchup would look like. And I actually thought the Warriors would have a good chance uh, of not only pushing the series, but maybe, maybe even winning it. I know it sounds it sounds ridiculous. Probably rely too much on the Steph Curry and the lineup of Juan Toscano Anderson and Jordan Poole getting big minutes probably isn't enough. But I thought with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, they'd have a chance to get the Jazz, but. They didn't even, they weren't even able to defeat the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, once again, amazing job by the Memphis Grizzlies. And this gets us started into our playoff preview. And again, Jazz are at home, Grizzlies are away. I I will say that it was an impressive job by the Grizzlies with their win over the Spurs, with their win over over the Warriors. They have proven themselves to be a team that won't go away. They're not going to be easy to beat, and they deserve some respect. So, shouts out to them for that. But I... don't think they have much of a chance against the Jazz. They were 0-3 in the season series. Jazz have too much talent, too much cohesion. They're just a better overall team than the Memphis Grizzlies. I trust their coach more in Quinn Snyder. And I feel like the Jazz are going to win in five. Grizzlies were a good story being able to win both their playing games to make the playoffs. But I don't see this series lasting long. I just don't think that the Grizzlies have quite the horses to keep up with the Jazz. Moving on to the two versus eight, Lakers versus Suns. Suns at home. Suns have had a an absolutely phenomenal season. Uh, Chris Paul has will probably receive some MVP votes. Devin Booker has played well. DeAndre Ayton, Cameron Johnson, Mikael Bridges, um, Cameron Payne have been doing absolutely phenomenal. 
but they're going up against a Lakers team with so much size, so much athleticism, so much versatility that they were able to display against the Warriors, not even playing guys like Mark Gasol or even Montrez Harold that much, who, who will likely get more playing time against the Suns. Even you, you might even see some Ben McElmore minutes. Essentially, I love what the Suns have done this year. They were a good team to watch. Unfortunately, they're going up against a buzzsaw in the Los Angeles Lakers. So I happen to have the Lakers in five. And moving on to the next round matchup, got to admit, Clippers versus the Mavs. And Clippers lost games just so they could avoid having to be within the Lakers bracket way too soon. Which, uh, I, I, I can see people having an issue with that. I could see people having an issue with that. But Ty Lu said, ultimately, it's for health purposes. So we'll see if, if that ended up being worth it at the end of the day. Mavs are good, and Luka Doncic last year was able to make it a closer series just because of how good he was. And I can see him making it closer because of how good he is. But Maxi Kleba is questionable. Kristaps uh, Porzingis. The Mavs' health is just a worrisome factor. And I just don't know if they're able to keep up with the Clippers, who are a better team than last year. Having someone like a Serge Ibaka in the lineup is incredibly helpful. And Rajon Rondo, I know, I know he's an older player that doesn't do much in the regular season, but playoff Rondo is a real thing. And I can just see him being the, the player that is the glue for the Clippers when the other teams go on this run. He, and he did a great job with the Lakers on this last year. He was just able to steady the pace and get his team back in rhythm. And I can see him doing the exact same thing with the Clippers. So I got the Clippers in six. It should be a good series. But again, yeah, I got the Clippers in six. Going over to the Nuggets versus Blazers series. Yeah, this should be close. This should be incredibly close. Uh, Nuggets had a 2-1 season lead during the season. <laughs> a 2-1 lead during the season. Sorry, I can't talk today. And they likely, they likely have the MVP, who should be a unanimous MVP, but probably won't be, and Nikolai Jokic. They have solid players. This is a chance, actually. And it's funny. I was uh, watching ESPN First Take, and they're talking about potential breakout stars of the playoffs. And similar to what Tyler Hero was able to do last year, I'm curious if this is where Michael Porter really starts to break out. He's a guy that can shoot lights out from the three-point line. 
and can handle the ball a little bit. Has some athleticism. He's he's been he's been doing an admirable job stepping up when Jamal Murray was injured. And remember, last year was Jamal Murray's coming out party as well. So there's a chance if Michael Porter is able to provide the help he needs, even against a good Nuggets team that has a. Nurkic back, and of course, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. I could see the Nuggets being able to win fair, not handily, but in few games if Michael Porter is able to step up to that level. However, I think it's going to be a close series. Uh, Man, Jamal Murray not being there with the Nuggets makes this a lot closer than I think it's it would be otherwise. But again, Jokic is his MVP. It's a solid team around him with Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Jr., Aaron Gordon, and I I have the Nuggets in seven games. Beating the Blazers in seven games. Beating the Blazers in seven games. But this is one of the series that's likely going to be really good and really entertaining. You might even catch Dame Lillard knock down a game-winning buzzer beater or two. We'll see. We'll see. Moving on to the Eastern Conference. Starting off with the 76ers versus the Washington Wizards. Wizards were able to pull out a dominant win against the Indiana Pacers. Absolutely dominated them. Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill were able to come back off of their disappointing performance against the Celtics. And now they are rewarded going up against the number one seed, the best team in the East this year, at least record-wise, in the 76ers. And I got to admit, I think it's going to be closer than people think because I still worry a little bit about the fact that the 76ers really don't have that much ball creation. And they're one of those teams that perform really well during the regular season as far as what their lineups their cohesion but i could see them not being quite as dominant during the playoffs i have the 76ers winning in six games joel Embiid is too much for the wizards they don't have anyone to stop them i see seth curry doing well ben simmons being able to get inside uh, Matisse Tybold being defending well, but Bradley, I can see Bradley Bill going off, Westbrook going off one point or another to win a game or two to make this an entertaining series. But overall, 76ers in six games. And moving on to the number two seed against the number seven seed in the Brooklyn Nets versus the Boston Celtics. Celtics did a good job winning against the Wizards. They've had a disappointing season, but Jason Tatum scored 50 points and he will not be easy to stop. I could 
see him going off against the Nets at different points. But again, the Nets defensive issues aside, which I do think will hurt them in later parts of the playoffs, I still have them coming out of the East. So surprise, surprise, I have them coming out of the first round. But I see them having issues, but not quite against the Celtics. I just don't think the Celtics have the big bodies who are offensively skilled enough to take advantage of the Nets' weaknesses. And the Nets, they're fully healthy. Joe Harris is supposed to come back. They have James Harden back, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Nicholas Claxton, Blake Griffin. And I know people t- talking about Nicholas Claxton, Blake Griffin, but Blake Griffin. I, <laughs> if you watch the Nets play, those are key portions of their defense. And if Jason Tatum goes off, don't be surprised if Steve Nash decides to put Nick Claxton on him. I'm saying don't be surprised and don't e- be even more surprised if he does surprisingly <laughs> well on him also. They, they, he's he's a good defender, especially up against wings. Anyway, I think the Nets have too much. I do think because they're sort of they haven't played many games together. What what it was it like nine games as a whole with all three of Durant, Harden, and Kyrie Irving and Irving on the court. So they may have some rust. But at the most, I see this going six games and really wouldn't be surprised if the Nets win in four or five. Go, moving over to the Bucks versus the Heat. And oh, my God, the, I was going back and forth on this one, back and forth on this one. The Bucks added Drew Holiday who has been uh, an essential piece of their roster that they did not have last year, even though they had a better net rating last year. Drew Holiday provides so much more for them in the playoffs than Eric Bledsoe. He's, he's just a way better player. They have P.J. Tucker as well, who has a bunch of playoff experience. Giannis has been as dominant as ever. Chris Middleton plays well. It's hard for me to choose any... It's hard for me to see this team losing early. Against a Heat team that was wildly inconsistent this year, Jimmy Butler has been in and out of the lineup. They've had a myriad of issues with covid and injury and bad injury luck, but I have to admit, Jimmy Butler steps up in the playoffs, and he anytime he's just he's been on an e, a decent team, a, just a decent team. Whether he was w- with the Heat last year or the seven or the Seventy Sixers beforehand, where it took a last second miracle shot for the Toronto Raptors to beat beat them he he just seems like a player that's difficult to beat and this is a he has a decent team bam Adebayo bam Adebayo is good and has shown the ability to step up in the playoffs uh tyler hero has shown the ability to step up in the playoffs though he hasn't been quite as good this year but who knows goran dragic is solid 
They still have Andre Iguodala on defense. They no longer have Jay Crowder, but Trevor Ariza has been a nice proxy for in that regard. Dwayne Dedman has been providing solid minutes. I think this is going to be a close series. A really close series. And I'm I may end up feeling stupid for saying this, but I'm going with the heat in seven. And man, I'm going back. I could see the Bucks making me look so stupid in this regard because I think the Bucks are more talented overall. But I like Eric Spolstra, Spolstra more than Mike Budenhoser. And I like Jimmy Butler in the playoffs more than Giannis. And those are big factors for me. And I know they have Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday as well. But I think Bam can match the performance of Chris Middleton and or Drew Holiday at times. And the combination of, I'm cheating a little bit, Tyler Hero and... Goran Dragic can do well. And by the way, Kendrick Nunn has been playing well this year too. So he actually may make some type of impact. I didn't even mention him. Though I know the Bucks have Dante DiVincenzo uh, as well as Brooke Lopez. Again, it's not an easy decision. And I would not be surprised if the Bucks prove me sorely wrong. But at this point, again... The playoffs are about coaching and about stars, especially in the seven-game series. And even though the Heat don't have home court advantage, I just trust Spolstra and Jimmy Butler a little bit more. We'll see if I come to regret that, but it should be an entertaining series either way. And last but not, uh, but certainly not least, going to talk about the Knicks versus the Hawks. And I think this series is going seven as well. And I think it's a close contested series. I know that the Knicks did really well against the Hawks uh, during the season series. And the Hawks are. A really young team with really young players, but I mean they have a veteran coach in Nate McMillan, and they just have a lot of talent out there on the court, which is extremely helpful. It it's one of those things where um I saw what was it ESPN where you had a bunch of different writers choose, and I think everybody chose or very sorry not everybody but very few people chose the hawks to win in the series even though i think it's going to be an incredibly close contest and i know that the knicks have been playing all year well all year i know that their defense has been in crazy solid i know that the knicks have been, were 3 and 0 against the hawks during the regular season just look that up as well. And they have solid players. People talk about Julius Randle, who's a dark horse MVP candidate. RJ Barrett, Reggie Bullock has been a solid addition as far as his ability to knock down threes. Derrick Rose has been really good as as well. 
but I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks. I just think that with the amount of talent that they have, including Trey Young, Young, Bogdanovich, Jason Collins, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter, they just have talent each and every way. Oh, I didn't even mention Danilo Gallinari as well. They just have talent all over the court, shooting all over over the court. I mean, they have solid defenders, as I mentioned, and Clint Capella and Chris Dunn. They're just going to be a difficult team to beat. And, and I know that the Knicks could take advantage of Trey Young's weakness on defense. But again, I just don't know if they really have anyone who is capable of really taking advantage of Trey Young on defense, though I know they'll try. But I don't know if they really have anyone who can exploit it as much as it could be exploited. So I have the Hawks in seven games. Don't kill me for it, Knicks fans. Though I am looking forward to watching a game. Knicks at home, Madison Square Garden. They're going to have, what, 15,000 fans in attendance. It's exciting. It should be good. And, yeah, I am looking forward to it. The entire playoffs is going to be an absolutely fun experience. The play-in tournaments were good. Uh, I'm, I just can't wait to see some exciting playoff basketball, seeing all these coaches make these adjustments from game to game. It, it's going to be a different level of intensity. We have some really good matchups this year, and it's exciting to see. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Awkwardly Cool. Hope to see y'all again 